Welcome to the Solo BG Podcast. In this podcast, we talk about solo and cooperative games. We also bring you news, audio unboxings, Kickstarter updates, and interviews with amazing personalities around the industry. We hope you enjoy this episode. And now, here's your host, Derek Rodriguez. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Solo BG Podcast. So, so happy to be here with you again. Episode number 107, 107, that's right. And like always, like it's already a tradition on the house, uh, we have to go back in time. We have to go back. I will tell you exactly where we're landing. We are going to be landing back on episode number seven. And that episode was published on October 17th from 2018, just before, uh, you know, well, way before the chaotic times that, you know, we're still struggling, unfortunately, uh, with the pandemic. Back then, what an episode back then, because um, back then we talk about a game that is still my favorite, I would say, top 10 of of board games, you know. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be inside of my top five. I'm sure we can we can put it there still. Uh, but, you know, but it's definitely on my top ten. And back then, we uh, talked about Manchester of Madness 2nd Edition from Fantasy Flight Games. And, you know, uh, right now, as I see it on my game shelf, and, and, you know, it's just... It holds something special to me, something very special, because it was one of my... Um, first um, expensive board games, if you want to call it that, I, that I that I owned back then, uh, and I think uh, my wife got it for me in 2017, if I'm not mistaken. So um, you know, it, it's a great game that I still enjoy playing it, that I still uh, you know enjoy loving it. I don't bring it to the table as often as I should, uh, but just because you know, as a lot of gamers, we have the same problem where. Our uh, gaming library collection starts to grow and grow in an insane uh, way, uh, but um, you know it's a game that it really it really holds holds there in my heart, and I'm sure that next time I bring it to the table, it will be epic, just like it, as it usually is. Um, you know, uh, from all the games that are based or that they need the help of an app, let's say like app, I won't call it app-driven games, but you know, games that basically need to have that app interaction in order to to have that um, dungeon master, whoever you want to call it, uh, AI, I guess. Um, definitely Manchester Madness for me is my favorite, if we go into that category, right? It's just, it's always immersive. Like I mentioned already, always the adventure is there. Like, it's one of those games that you don't know what to expect, especially if you play scenarios that you haven't played before. With so many expansions out there, and I know that Fantasy Flight is going to be keep releasing more stuff for Manchester Madness 2nd Edition. Uh, I hope if at some point they come up with a 3rd Edition, I hope they can they can uh, include or, or or give you the opportunity to get like like expansion pack or something where you can integrate things from a 2nd Edition to the 3rd Edition. But, you know, it's one of those games. It's one of those games that, that really, really got me into the hobby really got me into the solo board gaming experience and and i don't regret it at all and that's a game that is definitely once again staying in my collection it's still my top 10 ever um and it's a game that i cannot recommend enough uh if you are a solo board gamer and you haven't tried it please do yourself a favor and try it i mean get it i'm sure you will enjoy it right now is is it's common i will say that you can find these games 
Um, this gaming, particularly in in your local gaming stores or online, like a discounted price. Like by, back then, I think the retail price, which is still, I think the the MSRP, it's around a uh, hundred American dollars. But I mean, you you see it. I see it so often online, especially, you know, like at sixty dollars, uh, seventy dollars. And of course, if it's secondhand or a used game, well, it's gonna be even cheaper. But that's a game that I. I cannot recommend enough. So I will always recommend it solo or cooperative. It works great. Uh, no alpha player stuff. <clears throat> you know, the story is always immersive. Um, if you like HP Lovecraft, Cthulhu, I mean, this is it. Um, you know, some people argue, well, you know, you have Cthulhu that made that. Yes, but it's way different. Like, this is an immersive narrative, uh, uh, dungeon crawling ish campaign experience uh, in a way. Uh, because you don't play actually through a campaign, you play scenarios, but the scenarios are long. Um, so it's like a whole cinematic experience, almost like I will compare it to Nemesis. You know, Nemesis, like the other day, we were playing a six player game, I think it was. I, I hope I'm not mistaken. Uh, it was the highest amount of players that, that you can play Nemesis, uh, and it took like four and a half, five hours, but it was very epic. So Manchester Madness has that as well, where, where a scenario can be four hours long. Um, you know, but the, the story, the experience, everything will be epic. Um, so, so, you know, you have to be in the mood for that, but it's definitely a game that I, I cannot recommend enough. So there you go. Back then, it's crazy, right? 2018, October, we talk about Manchester Madness second edition. And right now on March of 2022, uh, almost four years after we're still talking, or I'm still talking about Manchester Madness second edition we have a very special episode today uh we're gonna talk about some games that i big this big um uh you know i always say this disclosure right uh over there just because we um we got some of the games that we're gonna talk today uh for review purposes right uh we're gonna talk as you read on the title or as you can guess uh the cold of barnacle bay which is a game designed by panda cold games I'm sorry, published by Panda Cold Games and designed by, designed by Jonathan Phillips Bradford and Heath uh, Foley. Uh, this game in particularly uh, was given to me on Gen Con last year. So uh, I, had a, I already had an opportunity to play it. I won't spoil you that much. And that's the tricky part of tonight's episode, that both of the games that I'm going to talk about, I'm going to go more into my um, impressions of the games, of course, more about my experience with the game so far, and I will tell you basically how it plays, but I won't spoil that much because both uh, have a you know a story that you can follow and a narrative that you can follow, and I don't want to ruin it for you. So one is the once again the uh, the cult of Barnacle Bay, and the other one uh, it was sent to me by my awesome friend uh, Dustin Front, uh, and I'm talking about the Ghost Betwixt the Chapter One, which uh, I believe probably close to uh i don't i, I don't want to lie but probably like 80 or 90 percent of backers already got the game uh it's by published by innocent traveler games it was a successful kickstarter campaign and i'm sure there's going to be more campaigns of this game since well spoiler alert the box is called the or the game is called the gods betwixt chapter one um and if you like stranger things and that kind of you know vibe atmosphere thematic you name it uh, stay tuned because that's a game that you wanna that you wanna hear about it. Uh, I'm also <clears throat> gonna talk about a game that I talked on the last episode, and you know uh, we reviewed three games back then. <laughs> back then it was like January 27, I think it was when the episode was published. With which once again, uh, I'm sorry talking about that that I haven't 
post an episode probably in more than a month now. I will try to be more consistent uh, in a weekly or bi-weekly basis, but I mean, I w- I'll definitely won't wait a whole month anymore. So, so anyway, uh, last time we briefly talked about Street Fighter the miniature game, uh, and I-, I talk about it because I remember I was telling you that you know I was playing it solo and I was trying to learn it. I don't remember if I told you this, but solo I didn't enjoy it as much. I mean, I definitely after the episode tried a couple of times. Um, it didn't blew my mind like I was hoping. Um, it didn't, you know, even like engage me, engage me like like I was really hoping for, right? Because the IP, I love it. And then I decided to try it two players a couple of times. And unfortunately, it's a game that I think uh, it will be leaving my collection. Um, and I I will say this, you know, as a as an update, I guess. And and I sometimes I don't do this as often as I should. Now, going back in time, when I told you about what I spoke on the episode, 100 episodes ago, well, now I can tell you, like, hey, this game is staying in my collection, this game has left my collection, and, you know, my impressions, how my impressions have changed over the years. But in this one, I can tell you from a month, uh, you know, my impressions really, really went down. Um, this is a game that, once again, is going to leave my collection soon, hopefully. And let me let me give you the 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 stats right from bgg so rank overall is in the 4281 uh it's, it has a 7.2 street fighter the miniature game it was released in 2021 uh two to six players uh community says that is best uh two to three designer is alec tune uh joe vargas and the publisher is hasco games or jasco game um the art on the game is actually made by Nomo del Bosque and Mauricio Herrera. The art is one of the most positive things of the game, right? I mean, the art is great on the cards. You have that uh, almost like a, a, like 3D mixed with cartoon art in a way. Uh, it's very nice. Um, components, you know, they're, they're a headache to put together, like especially the scenery. But ultimately, they're, they're good quality. They're decent quality. Definitely the production on the game is where the money is uh, invested on because the miniatures are the most, one of the most amazing, uh, I guess, large size miniatures that I have ever seen in a board game. And they come fully painted, shaded, everything. I mean, they look top notch. They look fantastic. Uh, so if if I wanted to keep the game, that would probably would be the only reason, like my my fandom street uh, fighter side or my geek side will kind of push me through like let's keep it let's just keep it you know but at the same time unfortunately my experience with two player wasn't as positive and we try believe me like when we were playing we were uh, putting the soundtrack on the back you know me the street fighter soundtrack actually some of the streets the street fighter tunes i have them on my playlist on spotify my board game soundtrack playlist on spotify which i should share it with you once again let me let me look right now on my Spotify. Um, so you can look on Spotify, board games uh, slash soundtrack. Board games all together slash soundtrack by Derek Rodriguez, of course. And you can you can search for that playlist on Spotify and you will see that I have a bunch of Street Fighters uh, tunes there. Um, but even even that, I mean, you know, I was trying to <laughs> to have a blast, but I mean... It didn't happen, and 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 the fun thing is that I play I played another game the same night that it was also a, a fighting game. I mean, different way different mechanics. It's a, a game that is discontinued, and is the Superstar uh, Showdown by 
uh, Gale Force 9, which is based on the WWE universe. And, you know, we were playing Roman Reigns and John Cena, and if you if you know the world, right? Uh, Randy Orton. But that game was fun, and we also put the music, and we were having a, a fun time. But in this one, I was really hoping to like it. I was really hoping to love it. Uh, and and it didn't happen. I mean, we try. It seems like the whole game is just like, okay, getting in range, throw a punch, try to play a card, try to make a combo, then get out of range. Then get in range again, try to do your thing, get out of range. Get in range again, do this, do that, get out of range. So, I mean... I guess for a street fighter, in order to work, to try to translate the ex- a similar experience to what you have with the video game to a uh, to a tabletop game, I'm assuming a card game will be possibly better or easier. I know there's a legendary deck builder game. Um, I'm sorry, not like yeah, the legendary. Uh, it's not an encounter; it's just like a like a like a card game. Um, you know, like kind of like the Marvel ones, but it's it's, it's that one is very fun. But I feel like Street Fighter needs like a, you know, like a, a release, a new combat one versus one card game. And that might be, you know, a good way for the franchise to come back onto the tabletop universe. This one, unfortunately, once again, and I say unfortunately like 10 times because I really wanted to like it, my friends. I really wanted to to enjoy it. But it's just, eh, it's just okay. Um you know, if I have to rate the game, probably I will give it a 2.5. I mean, and that's that's my rating. Once again, the components are top-notch. And I'm not going very deep in the game because we already talked about it a little bit on, on our previous episode. Um, but if I were to keep it, I would keep it for the minutes. Plus, the price is super expensive. I think the base, I believe the base game, it's around $130 or $140. Um, this game I got it for free in a way because my birthday was in December and a couple of friends they gave me some uh, gift cards from an online store Um, so that's how I got it basically for free Um, I was going honestly I was going to buy it eventually you know just because I saw it online and and you know the minis they always look great even if the reviews weren't that great I was like you know this is a game that I can probably enjoy probably like Uh, then I saw there were some fan-made solo modes and Unfortunately, it didn't make the cut. So, so there you have it. Uh, Street Fighters, uh, the miniature game by Jasko Game, uh, two point five out of five. I mean, I will only recommend it if you're a huge, huge, huge fan of the IP. Uh, if ninety or hundred percent of your of your uh, uh, game times are usually a two-player games, and if the other person also loves the IP. And if you are doing it in a huge part for the minis. Other than that, I mean, I mean, I think a lot of people will be uh, kind of like appealing to try it, just because once again the IP. But I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a, it's a great game that you know that we have to go crazy for it. And there's so many games out there that they do in a way a better job, uh, you know, to try to get that feeling, even if they don't have the the license per se, um, uh, such as like, um, for example, on match, it's a great game. Uh, even, even the Funkoverse games, you know, like those are fun because you have abilities and these and that you're rolling dice and, and, and it's, it's, it's just fun. This one at some point it fell in some of my playthroughs a little bit tedious in a way. So anyway, that was a street fighter, uh, the miniature game. And that was kind of like a, 
a review that we did in two parts once again because we we, we talk about that game on uh, the previous episode. Uh, before we jump into the um, the two main ones for tonight, um, I want to talk a little bit about another game that is going to be coming off coming on. I'm sorry, it's kind of like a like a previews, right? Uh, for I don't, for our next episode because in our next episode I I am gonna talk about a small game that I was sent the prototype version of the game and that is gonna hit Kickstarter uh, very soon and it's a very uh, nice cute fun family game that once again I only tried one time but I really want to try it more before I I give you my impressions but I'm talking about Battle Puffs uh, which once again uh, they send us a prototype copy of the game the i guess the the core box the battle pack the action packed card game for friends and families and this is a game once again that is coming up to kickstarter i'm gonna tell you everything about the game on our next episode uh all i can tell you right now is battle puff is a fun and exciting action packed game filled with lovable characters who have ferocious tempers with just enough twists to keep things interesting everyone is guaranteed to have fun field experience whether you are an amateur or a game enthusiast anyone can learn to play in less than a minute which uh, i will tell you more in the next episode and i hope you enjoy uh playing uh battle puff and is presented by next level nxt level games um and uh you know once again this one is gonna go, is gonna come up on kickstarter if you want to take a look on the game uh you can go to www.battlepuffs.com and you can check them out but if you want to wait on our next episode i will tell you all about this game that once again is up it's coming up to kickstarter now in a, in a matter of, of weeks um, so anyway, with that being said, let's jump into the two main games of the show and let's go over there. Let's have some music in the meantime. Okay, so we are back. By the way, I wanted to mention that the music that you heard on the intro of the episode and that you're going to hear a full song at the end of the episode is made uh, by Russian Cowboys. And Russian Cowboys is a local band from Indianapolis, Indiana, of course. Uh, so uh, my good friend Luke, he sent me the the new album, which is why you're listening on the intro once again, and you're going to listen at, at the end of the episode. So check them out on Spotify as well. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a new wonder story, and this is The Cult of Barnacle Bay. Once again, disclaimer, uh, this game uh, was uh, given to me for review purposes back on Gen Con 2021, and I already had the opportunity to play a few scenarios, like enough to, to uh, I guess, evaluate the game and tell you what I think of the game and give you uh, more, uh, I guess, educated impressions, if, if that's something that we can that we can call it that way, right? So uh, I will tell you uh, what I think about this game. Uh, so let me tell you first, before we jump in, what the board game geek tell us and the community tell us about the game. It's ranked overall in uh, 5,203, uh, 8.0 out of the rating, right? Uh, Wonder the Call of Barnacle Bay was released in 2019. Uh, one to five players is best with four, according to the community. Playtime is 45 to 120 minutes, age 12 year plus, weight 2.4 uh, out of 5. The designer is Jonathan Phillips Bradford. The artist is uh, Jose David Lanza uh, Sebrian and Heath Foley. 
and the publisher is uh, Panda Cold Games, which they are the same uh, publisher that did a Kickstarter recently, uh, The Shovel Knight, uh, based on the video game. And that one I really, really enjoyed. I was a Kickstarter um, backer myself. Um, and I don't, I don't even remember if I brought that episode already on to the that game already to the to the podcast. But anyway, it's a game that I actually enjoy a lot. Um, so, the Cold of Barnacle Bay. And as I walk here, because let me tell you this: when I'm recording uh, my episodes, I'm sometimes like walking around the the game room, which that could be messy because the wires and everything. But anyway, it's a big box. It's it's twelve by twelve. Very <laughs> heavy, uh, I will call it very thick, very, uh, you know, full of content um, box. So keep that in mind. It's not, it's not a, you know, the classic 12 by 12, um, I guess, uh, in a way, in a thickness box. Um, they called it Barnacle Bay. Well, Barnacle Bay once a pit, was once a peaceful fishing village until the evil cult leader, Elder Bane, and his cult of the deep took over the town. Elder Bane has used his dark magic to corrupt the inhabitants of the village. The local fishermen are now crab-armed, crazed with uh, other grunts, and the monks of the local church are now tentacle bunny zealots. Elder Bane's bad followers uh, have come fish bad coasters, and worst of all, the loyal bear guards have changed into bear-seeking bear sharks. So everything is going crazy in Barnacle Base, my friend. War has been sent that the Wander Guild, a group of adventurers tasked with protecting the realm, they have been sent their five bravest heroes to put a stop to Elder Bane and save Barnacle Bay. Of course, when we talk about the heroes, those are us. What do we find inside the game? Well, a bunch of stuff. Uh, we get, um, you know, the uh, the dice. Uh, you know, with different symbols, hidden ones. You get the hero cards, you get the hero dashboards, equipment and treasure, the items. You get game tiles, which, you know, they're pretty decent size. <laughs> they're they're big. Uh, darkness tiles, uh, boss AI cards, you know, for spawning uh, turns, uh, tokens. Uh, you know, uh, you have the minis, which you have the enemies, the, the um, you have the heroes, which once I will talk about the minis in a little bit, but you get a bunch of bunch of stuff on the game. And basically, the Cult of Wonder, um, of Barnacle Bay, without giving any spoilers, because it's a, a game that you have to experience, in my opinion, uh, in a campaign mode where you're going to be uh, reading through a book and following a story, well, has a lot, has a lot to offer. Um, well, to begin, of course, um, you're going to have your, your heroes, right? And you're going to have your hero card where where you're going to have the type of hero. For example, one of my favorites is Roland the Warrior, which is, it really reminds me of that uh, uh, old uh, Disney Robin Hood uh, character, you know, the fox. It's basically like that. Uh, Roland the Warrior. And of course, every every character will have like a health level, uh, shield level, and um, also like a sanity level. And then you're going to have a, like a skill tree of abilities that you can be, you know, obtaining as you keep progressing during the game. Um also, well, the, it's not the sanity; it's the hero's knowledge. I, I apologize. Uh, you're gonna, you can modify it to at some point when you can get weapons, because on the hero dashboard, well, you're gonna have, you know, a space for your two 
two arms where you can have a, a, a double-handed weapon or like just one-hand weapon and you can get both of them. You're going to have uh, air, uh, slots for items, you know, to carry different items and items that you will be obtaining as you progress in the game. And also, well, spaces where you can track your health, uh, you know, and your knowledge at the same time or an experience tokens that you will be getting uh, as you go through, through the game. Um, you, like I mentioned... As you are progressing through the game, in a little bit I will tell you how it works to give you a better idea, uh, you will be getting equipment and treasures that you can equip, and those um, equipments and treasures are going to be on, on different levels. Uh, another component of the game is going to be the initiative tracker, and this is something very nice on the game. Actually, on the game, it tells you, like, well, if you want to play on a, on a beginner's uh, mode well you you put it in one side or then like the experience right or the advanced mode which i would recommend right off the bat do the advanced i mean it, it's not complex at all but basically you're gonna have a morale track you're gonna have our initiative track uh all the way from one to twelve and you're gonna be um shuffling you know your heroes and the enemies that you have for the scenarios and you're gonna be placing them over there face down and then you're gonna be flipping them to determine the order uh, if you play with the advanced once again, and I open quotes and close quotes, the advanced version. Well, also on the on the initiative track, depending on the slot that you are, uh, enemies or heroes will get different advantages, like uh, an extra shield or an extra attack or extra movement. So that mechanic really makes the game um, uh, very interesting, and you have to pay attention to the morale because that's one way that basically the heroes can can peril and and die right uh so it's important to keep the party morale making sure that the party morale doesn't go all the way uh, down you're gonna have the game tiles as well like i explained you on the contents where the game tiles will be divided on areas and squares where you're gonna be you know placing enemies you're gonna be placing yourself there's gonna be some traps some treasures things like that and you're gonna be moving around and you're gonna have a different objective for every uh, for every scenario, right? So you had to have uh, the open spaces, you're going to have the walls, the closed spaces, water spaces, uh, you know, the tiles numbers according to setup. Uh, and you're going to have different types. You're going to have darkness tiles that you can um, place them over certain spaces in that way you can discover some stuff. Once again, I'm trying not to give too much a spoil of anything in that way, you know, you can experience it. But I'm just basically telling you um, how it is. You're going to have also uh, for the main bosses like some AI decks that they will kind of like dictate their behavior you're going to have events that they're going to be triggering and you're going to have a, a deck of spawn cards where you're going to be spawning enemies as you keep discovering uh new tiles right you're going to have objective tokens as well spawn tokens uh enemy portals and and, and things like that so um that's basically what you're going to get in components wise but i also like kind of like explaining like what each what is how each thing works once again which is hard because i don't want to give any spoiler so how the game works it's basically a dungeon crawler all right once again it's a narrative game so once again determined by the initiative track you're going to be uh taking turns and on your turn when is when is you know the the hero's turn when the heroes can perform you know different actions uh and they can also they have the ability of shift the their position of the initiative track. So that's something that sometimes is good to take advantage of. And sometimes it's like, well, especially on the first couple of scenarios, like it doesn't affect you too much. Once again, without any spoiling, but 
you at some point want to move yourself in that tracker in the way you can activate before the enemies, especially if your morale is, is low or if your heroes are going down, right? You don't want that. So you can do different actions, um, you know, on your turn uh, and you can perform them just like most of the of the dungeon crawlers you will get two actions and you can perform the same action if you like and the actions are very basic right so you can move which you will move up to two spaces just like most of the dungeon crawlers you can interact with different um terrain or or, or tiles or who knows maybe people or there uh or allies you can interact with them and you know follow the scenario basically you can ready equipment which basically you know it will be like okay now if you exhaust uh, some sort of equipment well you can you can get it back uh you can also uh trade uh equipment you can drop items tokens you can step up in case you get knocked out or or fall back uh you can you know you you can try to dodge as you move as well if you go into darkness tiles you will you will flip it and see what you find um and that's basically it now of course you're going to have the attack action which that will be most of the uh an important <laughs> thing that you will be doing during the game and you have melee attacks and range attacks it's just depending your character some characters are are good for certain things and the other ones for other ones as well and and the combat will be resolved on a rolling dice way right so you're going to be rolling uh you know for attack uh for defense see what you get you can get critical strikes um and and you know trying to ultimately the defeat defeat the foes right you want to sum up the total of hits uh once you defeat the foe of course uh you will take it away from the initiative track and everything will uh be re it will rearrange basically um and then once again you're also going to be dealing with uh event cards that you know that usually usually they will put uh your knowledge to test with uh, knowledge checks and and you know for the knowledge check basically you want to be rolling some dice depending on your knowledge level and on the results that you get well something will happen like for example uh, there's an event called ancient knowledge that uh, basically is telling you you discover an old scally book it speaks to you uh, and you know you have to check your knowledge so in a zero to one well with that's with the hits right your mind fills with horrific pain take one wound uh with two to three well you become this you become disoriented from its fishy breath uh minus one defense on your next defense roll and if you get four or moss four or plus i'm sorry which that will be like a success you gain a new perspective on the world gain one moral there's also going to be familiars which it's like uh you know your allies and they're pretty pretty darn awesome and, and cute uh, creatures that you're going to find during the game that you can interact with them and try to, um, you know, basically uh, get them with you in that way, you know, things can go more in your favor. Now, when the enemy activates, they basically going to have the same AI behavior for the most part. Uh, and if they're in line of sight, well, they will activate, they will try to move towards you, they will try to engage, uh, and they will th then they will attack. And the way that they attack will, once again, um, they will um, have a stat for, for attacking. Uh, and you will try to defend by rolling your dice uh, as well. Um, you know, and the enemies, they will have... Uh, the enemy stat cards, they will have... They will be divided in different levels of enemies. Uh, and they will have, like, an attack. You know, the, the, the value of the attack, their health, and the defense. Uh, and they will tell you uh, if they have any special or if their attacks are usually melee or range. Uh, and you want to defeat them, right? You want to defeat the enemies as much as you can. Then you're going to fight uh, the bosses. 
and of course they will have you know a different uh, a different stat card which it will determine their behavior also their health according according to the number of players and and their level right so that's basically uh, in a nutshell how barnacle bay plays it's a dungeon crawler now one thing of this game is that you can play a one shot as in our rules um, you know, you can basically just open the, the Barnacle campaign book, which it's included on in the game. And I will tell you, let me bring it here. That's why you can hear my voice a little bit far. Um, you can just choose one scenario. Uh, you can draw a new treasures card, trade in, trade, uh, uh, trade in items. And then, you know, that's it. That's your one shot scenario. And, and, and you can, you can just have your adventure if you want it that way. And there's a chart to kind of like help you on how many treasure cards each level you draw if you decide to play a one-shot scenario. So, for example, we'll say, like, okay, uh, if you choose a level two, well, you you start with uh, nine level one treasure cards and, and you can arrange, right? And as you keep going higher on level, well, um, the, the treasure cards will be different in the levels as well. Uh, and that's basically, once again, in a nutshell, how it plays. And, of course, you can play it the, the way that I believe it's meant to be. Uh, which is the the campaign mode. So the campaign book, uh, just to give you an idea right now, and I have it here with me, it's a very thick book of um, 50, let me, I'm checking, what is the last page here? 56, uh, no more, uh, 58 double-sided um, pages. And it has on the back of, the, uh, of this campaign scenario book a very nice map of where is Barnacle Bay, according to the history, to the story, I'm sorry, and where is all the other regions, where you at, where you're going to be traveling, just to give you a little bit of more uh, immersive uh, experience for for the game. Uh, and that's Barnacle Bay, my friends. Now, let's go into my thoughts of the game. Um, production, top-notch. Production is fantastic. Production is great. Uh, the, the the components of the game, the tiles, the cardboard is very sturdy. I mean, nothing out of the ordinary, but it's it's just good quality of cardboard, and that's something that that you know, um, it's always appreciated. Uh, the, the 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 tiles are fun. they the art is good. Um, the cards, um, it's very you know standard quality on the cards, but you can sleeve them if you want. I mean, nothing crazy. I don't think after I I don't have them sleeve, and I played the game already about 15 times and and you know and it, the cards are okay miniatures is one of the big big pros of the game the miniatures are very uh, i will describe it very chunky in a way um and they're they're just beautiful minis i mean it, it, this is these minis are gonna be fun to paint uh especially the, the bosses you know they're they're just great quality i remember seeing in gen con um like a display that they had a glass display with all the minis painted, and it was just great. Uh, definitely, this is a game that I played it solo, uh, you know, most of the campaign. I am willing to try it cooperative, as you know, again, I don't mind. Uh, and that should give you a little bit of expectations on, on, on my rating. Um, and and I want to paint the minis. That, that's the true story. I really want to paint the minis. Um, what else? The rulebook... It's it's okay. I mean, the rulebook will give you most of the answers. I feel like uh, at some point there's some stuff that it's at the beginning of the rulebook. Then you go to the almost like to the middle, then towards the end, and it can be a little bit confusing in that in that aspect. But overall, I mean, most of the of the answers you're gonna get them on the rulebook. On the back of the rulebook, there's a reference guide. Um, 
you know, there's a lot going on in the game, you know, as far as the actions, the the, the heroes, the, the how the enemies activate, the status effect. So I think that's that's awesome um, that you have this reference guide. It's always appreciated. You know, it tells you about the crit symbol, uh, which, you know, basically a success on a roll and, and, and you can't as one and then you, you will explode and you will roll again. Just pretty pretty basic uh, critic result, right? Like in a bunch of dungeon crawlers out there. Um, and, and it's very nice. The illustrations in the rule books are, are nice. The, the campaign, the narrative of the campaign, I was actually surprised uh, because I, I never knew anything about this universe of Barnacle Bay, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I was completely new to it. Um, and being a Kickstarter, sometimes you run into the risk like, well, I mean, you know, you can have like that, those flaws as far as the narrative goes by in the scenarios. And uh, sometimes they don't get, they don't get you as an, as, as an engage as you would expect to be. Uh, but in this particular case, I have to give it a big plus as well there that, you know, the, the narrative is good. The scenarios are fun. The, um, you know the the story that you're following. You're getting engaged. And you wanna you wanna know more about it as you progress on the game. Um, the way that you um, increase your your level and skills and items and equipment that's also very fun. Uh, you wanna keep going to try to get better items and make your character more powerful. Uh, I really like the um, the synergy, if I can call, um, and um, how to how to say it the bond uh, of every character that how the bond is from every character to each other and i'm talking about the heroes all the heroes are very well developed in a way that you know this guy roland well he's good for melee attacks and the other guy he's good for range but there's another guy that he's also good for melee but it feels different at the same time so they work very well together that's what i want to say they work very 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 well together so i can definitely see uh even if i try this game uh, which I have to be honest, like mainly on solo, I can definitely see being in, in a cooperative mode uh, very fun as well. And I want that's why I want to try it and play it because I can see that, you know, the characters will work very well together. And I don't think it's going to be too much risk of an alpha player here because every character will have their own way of um, try to progress in the game, if that makes sense. So I don't think there's going to be a risk of an alpha player in this particular game, uh, but they work awesome together. The initiative track, the turn order. Oh my god, that's probably one of my favorite things of the game. Uh, once again, please, please, please ignore the beginner's rule that now oh, you know. Let's use the initiative track on this side, and that way you don't get the bonuses. No, no, my friends. <laughs> Let's. I mean, I don't even know why they put that on the rulebook. I guess if you're gonna play it with very, very uh, younger kids of someone that is completely new to the board game hobby well i would probably say yes but even that um you know even that I, I don't think i don't think it matters play it with the advanced uh turn order um side and you know that mechanic it's awesome i just love it like the fact that it's randomized and you know uh, once it's set up and, and enemies will, you will know who goes first, but then you have the ability of, you know, change yourself on that initiative track, uh, or try to kill certain en enemy in that way you can take it out and, and, you know, put yourself there or something like that's awesome. It's just, um, you know, almost like mind blowing of how that works with the game, because it really brings that tension at some point that, 
oh shoot, like I really need to go before that guy. Otherwise, my friend over there is gonna be killed. So I better change myself, be before that enemy. In that way, I can shoot with my uh, range uh, arc and you know try to hit on the head and kill that that ugly shark over there or something like that. You know, I'm just making up a story because once again, I won't give any spoilers. But it just works fantastic. Uh, it works awesome. And that's a huge, huge, huge uh, plus on the game as well. Uh, I can tell you right now, I cannot wait uh, to see what Panda Cold has in mind for Barnacle Bay. Uh, it feels very similar to Shovel Knight, but very different at the same time. Because yes, Shovel Knight, the board game, it really translates in a good way uh, the side-scrolling aspect of the video game versus here is just a fun dungeon crawler. You know, I, I feel like people that like Gloomhaven will appreciate this game. People that like Midara will appreciate this game. People that like Descent, they will appreciate this game. And you don't have to stroll with uh, with any technology, right? Like, you don't have to have an app to play this game. It's just, it's very smart developed on the AI side for the enemies and bosses and the stats. It works pretty darn well. Um, uh, with that being said, for this game... Uh, my rating for this game it's kind of tricky at the same time because i haven't tried cooperative and i really want to try it but i played enough solo to have a feeling of how how things could work in a cooperative so if that makes sense i i think i think i'm 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 very well uh immersed in the game to tell my impressions i think this game has a solid four out of five i think this game will stay in my collection i think this game is definitely one that i want to i want to grab you know um you know if i want to play a dungeon crawler uh once again like i told you i want to i want to start again start over but now in a cooperative mode and see see how it goes i don't see any problem though that's another pro that let's say you're halfway on the campaign and you want to bring people in. I don't think there's any problem. It's just that you will have to you will have to call them up, kind of like how the story is going and this and that. You know what happened before, I guess, like on a previous episode of Barnacle Bay, something like that. But um, you know, I don't have any problem starting it over because it's fun, and I can definitely see that if two or three years go by, well, three years will be too much. But if two years go by and I still have this uh, game on my on my library, on my gaming library, and I bring it back. I probably will remember some of the story, but not all of it, and I will enjoy it almost like in a, in a fresh way. Now, ideally, I cannot wait, and I hope Panda Cold Games uh, release more expansions for Barnacle Bay. I can definitely see them like doing another Kickstarter and bringing expansions and so on and so forth. So I'm really looking forward to see what is to come to Barnacle Bay. So great job on these Panda Cold Games. I mean, check their website. I'm sure they have their games on the stock over there. Uh, and if not, they're always in conventions. I'm sure they're going to be in Origins this year. I'm sure they're going to be at Gen Con. So please check them out because um, highly recommended. A very fun dungeon crawler that I cannot recommend enough. And that's The Cult of Barnacle Bay. Okay, so now... <laughs> It's time for the Ghost Betwixt. The Ghost Betwixt Chapter 1, my friends. Um, once again, it's a tricky one because I don't want to give too much away. Um, because on Barnacle Bay, once again, you can play one-shot scenario and, and 
and and you can have fun. This one is definitely uh, a campaign game. I mean, that's it. There's there's no other thing to there are no other way to enjoy the gods betwixt. And there's a few surprises that I will tell you about. Um, let's go with the BGG stats. So rank overall, it's in place at thirteen thousand three hundred twenty-eight thousand. Uh, and the the rating it's eight point one. Uh, it's a the Ghost Betwixt. It's uh, released in two thousand twenty one. It's a '90s dungeon crawling in the haunted heartland. Uh, it has thirty ratings though only. So you know sometimes you have to to be a little bit cautious with that. Uh, and it's one to four players. Uh, Ninety to hundred eighty minutes. H ten year plus. Weight two point seven out of five. The designer is Dustin Front. Uh, the artist is Travis Hansen and Cole Monroe Chitty. Uh, and uh, the publisher is Innocent Traveler Games. Though, on the other side, this is just a game that was recently received by backers. So, just keep that in mind. What is the Ghost Betwixt about, though? So, you know, we, we keep talking, and, and I told you at the beginning of the episode, like, if you like, uh, of course, there's this is not the IP, but if you like a Stranger Things kind of, like, you know, IP theme atmosphere, well... The the best way that I can describe to you what is the Ghost Betwixt about is if I tell you the description of the game, of course. And uh, John Ritchie has been kidnapped. Can you believe it? He was last seen taken into the Barnard family farmhouse, which transformed into the worlds of terror haunted house during the Halloween season. The Banners haunted attraction has fallen on hard times as thrill-seeking audiences begin opting for more impressive haunted houses found in the city. However... The banners own the ultimate wildcard and they will play it tonight to resurrect the family business. Join Rich's family, Bill, Joanne, Evelyn, and Maddox as they battle the banners family in this campaign-driven cooperative dungeon crawler. Like I mentioned before, uh, it's based on Midwestern suburbia wrapping around the uh, multi-layered mystery, Why Richie? What are the banners up to? What does World of Terror have to do with the kidnapping? There's only one way to find out. And on this game, basically, one to four players will team up to explore challenging story-driven campaign with multi-tired and unlockable loot, multiple talent trees for each family member, a stat customization, legacy elements, and the Ghost Betwixt aims to be the next memorable dungeon crawler. In my opinion, does it does that? Well, I will tell you at the end of my impressions. The Ghost Betwixt. Uh, box 12 by 12 uh, pretty standard size it's a pretty heavy box I have to say because there's a lot there's a lot in the game there's a lot of components over there uh, my friends if you like tokens well this is your game uh, once again I want to I wanna really uh, thank uh, Dustin from the designer of the game for sending me a review copy of the game he actually was very kind and sent me as well the deluxe components which they're very nice health trackers and a little bag for the tokens uh and you know alternative art uh, as well for the standees so you know you won't find that in the base game but i have to say if you have a way of getting the deluxe components they are definitely worth it and they will make your campaign well a little bit more easier to 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 go or to take it with you right um, so the, the game includes, uh, three little books, or I would, I shouldn't say three little, three books, better say, that they, uh, will help you to achieve your adventures. You have your quick play guide, you have your rules reference, and the amazing mission guide, which it almost looks like a journal or like a class, 
a middle school class notebook. It's pretty cool, probably elementary, I don't know. Um, and where you will find all the missions and how to set up. And also, uh, you will have like a checklist of what's going on. And without uh, giving you too many spoilers, as you jump into the game and to the campaign, the first thing you're going to see is a newspaper cut uh, from the Pleasant Spring Stars, uh, dated from November 1, 1989. And it's going to tell you more about the local haunted house uh, faces uh, uh, that he faced animal cruelty charges, the Wars of Terror haunted house, where it's located, and all that stuff. And then it's going to take you to uh, October 1993. Once again, this is all the spoilers that I'm going to give you, I promise. Uh, and, you know, it's going to tell you, like, what's going on, right? But basically, it's this family that they're trying to find Richie. Richie was kidnapped, and it's up to us, the family, the cool family, to try to find our brother. Um, so that's what you're going to find inside the mission guide. Uh, the rule book, of course, will go into more detail on how the game is played. Um, and the quick guide, which is a fantastic uh, quick reference that, uh, that you can use as you want to play uh, the game so what are we going to find inside the box we're going to find a bunch of stuff besides those three books you're going to have 18 map tiles that are double-sided uh, you're going to have the four family members dashboard you're going to have plastic vases uh, the standees which i'm going to tell you some pros about the standees in a little bit um, that you can imagine probably you're going to get a bunch of cards. You're going to get equipment cards. Uh, you know, different types of equipment. Uh, brown, green, blue. It just depends on what they are and, and where you are in the story, right? Uh, you're going to have basically, uh, uh, basically members weapon cards, humanoid members weapon cards, talent cards for the for the family members because they're going to be getting talent. They're going to be getting more talented. Like, I guess if you want to translate, want to translate it to more skills, like you know, like a, like a, like a skill tree. They're going to get they're going to keep getting better as they progress on the game. Um, you're going to have a different deck of cards as well. The items, the, just, just the general items. Um, you know, things that they're going to be dropping during the game, the drop deck. You're going to have monsters cards as well. And you're going to have the objective cards. Also, a bunch, like I told you. If you're a fan of tokens, this is a game for you. A bunch of tokens that will include fate tokens, map tokens, target tokens, condition tokens, hell points tokens, and... Uh, you know, um, you know, family points tokens as well, if you want to call it. Uh, but also, if you get the deluxe edition, you can keep track of those health points with that, um, uh, you know, health track that they give you. And it's pretty nice. It's pretty handy, and I actually like it a lot. Bonus tokens to modify your dice. Uh, you know, you're gonna get uh, 20 uh, dice, which you will be resolving most of the most of the actions with these dice. You know, most of the things, the attacks, and 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 uh, you know, uh, interacting and checking and stuff. Well, you will have different colors of dice that they will be basically telling you which ones are more more powerful than other ones. You're gonna get a D6, a D8, charge tokens, stun tokens, fireworks tokens, shield tokens, proficiency tokens, oh, a bunch of tokens. And once again, if you get the deluxe edition, you get the family journal, uh, which it will help you to keep track more like in a uh, role playing D and D kind of way. Uh, your adventure and also your dial trackers and uh, your drawstring bags uh, that you can uh, use for randomize the target tokens. That is a very nice material, very cloth, very nice cloth bag with the Goss betwixt uh, emblem there. Uh, for your first game, of course, uh, how you're gonna set up? It's gonna start like every other dungeon crawler in a very um, easier slash beginner basic way. 
uh, where you basically gonna have your uh, your family members, your four family members with their dashboards, uh, and they're gonna have uh, areas for the hands, so they can be dual handed. They can use two handed weapon. Uh, they're gonna have a space for the equipment uh, items, equipment ammo, you know, for uh, miscellaneous things, I guess. Uh, spaces for their head, chest, legs. Um, they also gonna have a, a, a on their dashboard like a nice track for their dice and uh, with tokens that you can use to modify light green. Uh, tan they're gonna have a space for your talent as well uh, and you're gonna start at the beginning of the game every character with different talents right like basic talents of course uh, like Joanne is, is trying to be desperate to find Richie to find her son the dad as well he wants to be brave Bill and he tries to to find him and rescue him and then uh, you have Maddox as well uh, which is you know uh, the the brother that he really wants to uh, you know make sure that he can rescue Richie. Now, Maddox is pretty cool because he can craft many explosive things. And this is something that, on my impressions, I'm going to tell you a very nice positive thing of Maddox. Um, Aveline as well, which is, uh, you know, she's also good at, at, at range attacks in a way, if you if you want to see it or if you want to, we want to make it simple. Once again, I'm trying not to give any spoilers. Um, and basically, you're going to set up the mission where you're going to start, you know, on the living room of the house, you're going to have that tile. You're going to set up some doors on the sides. Uh, you're going to have a stack of map tokens uh, that is going to be mixed with treasures and, and some traps and, and some other doors. Uh, and that's it. You're ready to go. You're going to read the objective, which the only other spoiler that I'm going to tell you right now is that you're in the house uh, and you're trying to find the basement because that's where you think uh, probably you hear Richie. I'm not going to give you any spoilers, but you hear Richie. You think he's there for some reason, or you th might think that some clues are over there to try to find Richie. So that's it. Um, and on your on your turn, basically, you're going to be doing different actions with the with the with the characters, of course. And as you as you keep progressing, well, those you're going to become more familiar with those actions. The game is going to be working on different phases, right? So. You're going to have the exploring phase where is when, you know, one family members open the door while you explore another tile, you get a map token and you're going to set up the next room. Uh, you're going to be um, doing investigations, uh, you know, a family member, which is what it's called, is going to be exploring this tile. You're going to have the drawing phase, which is what I explained that you're going to draw a token uh, and see see what's going on. Uh, and then you're gonna you're gonna have into the spawning phase, which if you have any monsters, you're gonna spawn them, and you're gonna you're gonna use your uh, d6 dice to try to see where they're gonna spawn according to the room, and then and the game basically is gonna evolve in fighting phases, and you're gonna have rounds where you're gonna be activating your family members, uh, you know, just like uh, similar to other other new crawlers each. Each uh, family member will have two actions and they can move, they can attack, they can use something from the talent or, or something that an item, an item dictates, right? Uh, you can you can try to basically uh, uh, try to defeat the enemies. The, the different, different part here is that you cannot do the same action twice. So you have to be very careful about the order on which you choose uh, every action. Now, another thing that I really find and uh, clever on this game is that it really matters uh where you are facing with the standees and that's where i was telling you before like i will tell you something about standees so the standees they're not just like simple standees that you know like they will have the fa the, the same uh art on both sides like literally bill will be in one side it will be his face 
you know, abdomen, arms, all that stuff. And then on the other face of the stand, it will be his back, right? Well, this is because it matters where they're facing. And it, it, the enemy, it matters for the enemies as well where, where they are positioned on the map because that will trigger different things in different ways. Once again, I'm trying not to spoil you anything. Um, another different thing on this game is that everything will be based on, on, on rolling dice. So when you get the monster, you're going to get a monster card with the monster stats some monsters will have with will start with items as well you're going to set them up really quick uh but um you can you're going to try to do as many hits as possible with your dice but you also have half hit successes which you know if you get for example two and a half well that's that's more than two if that makes sense so it's like a bonus thing that it will really help you to bump you up and try to to be successful uh, with with your roles you're gonna get uh, experience as you go through your adventures and between missions and maybe uh, you know you 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 can you can find a place where you can uh, you can sp- spend also uh, you know bannered box because remember you're, you're in the banners farmhouse and there's gonna be banners money over there banners currency and I don't want to spoil you but there's my there might be areas where you can spend that money to get some cool stuff. Uh, and that's basically, in in a nutshell, you know how you how you play the game. Now, of course, there's gonna be a bunch of of more stuff going in. Uh, you know, you're gonna have uh, conditions. You know, condition tokens that they can definitely change the pace of the game. So just keep that in mind that this is just very briefly uh, an idea of how the game plays. Now, um, this is important because once again. I think this game really, really, really... Well, that's the only way to do it. I don't think there's any other way. Shines on the campaign um, mode of it. And of course, well, you're going to be immersed in the story. Uh, and you don't want to... I don't want to give you any spoiler and ruin it for you. But I will tell you something. On the box of the game, you know how sometimes you... When you start to sleep games and, and, and cards and stuff, and you try to, you know optimize the space and i don't know at least that's something that i do and then you're gonna start you start to throw away the the original insert that the games came with well in this game you don't want to do that my friend you don't want to even like go and explore the insert so much because there's going to be at the bottom of the box something that it will tell you do not uh, you know remove this until so and so happen uh once again i don't want to give you any spoiler and then boom (laughs) A bunch of other stuff is there, so it's something that I found very cool on the game. You know, now that I that I'm gonna talk about my my impressions of the game. By the way, we talk about this game when it was on Kickstarter. I got a prototype for the, for the game back then from my friend Dustin, um, and we it was on September 12, 2019, actually, when we released that episode, and we had him on the podcast. We talk about the game. We did an interview with him. You know, it's crazy to think about back then because it was literally literally before the pandemic but um you know I, I i have to say that i still i still have the prototype version actually um comparing to the final production version i can see how uh some things got evolved and how things got better um and from being a fun dungeon crawler it became an immersive dungeon crawler and and i think this is a game that has a lot to offer I was talking about Maddox. One very positive thing of the game uh, from Maddox, which is one of the family members, is that, um, and I believe Dustin mentioned something back then on the episode. You can look for it. 
Uh, I want to tell you right now, it was episode number, in case you're interested in hearing on that interview back then. Let me unblock my phone, which, once again, this is live, my friends. We are recording live. Um, it was episode number 39. Uh, you can find it on wherever you listen to, to the podcast. But anyway, uh, I really like that the character, it's a, it's a kid that it's in a wheelchair, okay? But instead of being like, oh, my God, that's so cute that, you know, like we are being, I, I guess, inclusive, all the stuff. Well, instead of taking it that way. I mean, that kid, I'm sorry for the for the for what I'm gonna say, but that kid is a badass. Like it's probably my favorite character. Like he can craft crazy stuff and he's super powerful. I think I don't wanna give you spoilers, but like he can save the day like like big time. So I like that Dustin took the character that way, right? Like not only like, okay, let's try to be inclusive. Okay, let's try to, you know, make this kid with these factions and then in, in a wheelchair and this and that and, and diverse culture. No, I mean, not only you do that, which is great. I 100% agree. That's awesome. No, you also made it badass. Like, <laughs> once again, I, I mean, it's my favorite character of the family. And I think a lot of people will enjoy it as well. So, um, you know, big, big thumbs up for for, uh, for Dustin for creating that character and doing it that way. Now, as far as the game... Um, you know, it's dungeon crawler. It's an immersive dungeon crawler. Uh, at this point, it's if once again you like the atmosphere and the theme of the Stranger Things, this is definitely a game that you want to check out. For me, this game works great solo, and we tried cooperative as well. Uh, you know, two players each, um, and I'm sorry, two characters each, because you always have to play with the four characters. And that was one of my 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 concerns. You know, even back then when I tried a prototype that there's games like Zombicides that you have to control sometimes six characters and it's like, mm, man, like it's sometimes it's hard, you know? The only one that does a good job of making it smooth is the Night of the Living Dead one, which is probably my favorite Zombicide so far. But here, having four characters is not a big deal at all. I mean, it, it, it's it's manageable. Now, if you're playing cooperative in two and two, well, that's even awesome. The chaotic side of it, it could become, if you're playing solo, where um you know they they keep evolving and new talents and things things change during the progression of the story of the campaign that uh you know that at some point you want to stay up to date i guess if you want to if you want to see it that way with everyone's ability and talents and items and stuff uh it has a nice mechanic that i didn't mention that you know at the beginning of the game um I guess you can have it as an optional, but it will it, you will have a like a tableau of items uh, as you're going out of your house in the search for Richie, and it will tell you like okay, you can pick uh, one of these three items. Um, once again, I don't want I don't want to spoil it because I think that's a very fun part. But one one of these uh, there's like five items, uh, like a row with five items. You can only choose two, but you have five or ten seconds to decide. And then the next one, you can only, you have six, but you can only choose one. Then so on and so forth, and that kind of like. Uh, try to mimics or or, or 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 try to make you feel like if you're running out of your house, you're grabbing just whatever you want. You 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 see the the tennis racket over there. You you grab your baseball bat. You just grab some juice from the fridge really quick. You know every good mom will grab like the held uh, the first um, the first aid kit. You know just in case like things like that. You know just I don't want to give any spoilers once again. But you know trying to bring it that similar. Okay, we have to go out of the house because Richie had lost. We have to go to the to the Banners farm because we know he's there. We hear about this crazy family and how they're doing crazy stuff over there with animals and monsters and these and that, animal cruelty. So we're just running to try to get Richie before something bad happens. So we're just running out of the house and bringing stuff. So 
I think that's a very clever and unique way to do it that I haven't seen in any other game. So it's very cool. Uh, I have to say though that this game, I feel like the big, the big success on this game will be for um, for people that really enjoy dungeon crawlers, but also uh, people that really want to bring things back to basic in a nostalgic way. Because it feels, even if it has clever mechanics, even if it has like a bunch going on with deck of cards, monsters, and the way that you're facing and stuff, it does feel like a classic dungeon crawler in a good way, right? So we have games, for example, and this is not doesn't compare to it, but we, we have games like Eldritch Horror, all right? Uh, and Eldritch Horror, for example, which I'm looking at right now, that's why I get away from the mic, but Eldritch Horror, it's a classic game, that I love, that I love, and I like, and it will stay in my collection forever. When I played it, yes, it feels kind of like aged, I guess, but it's still fun. It's classic, right? So the Gosby Twix has that feeling of being an innovative game, but at the same time with the classic feeling of a true solid dungeon crawler. So I think that's cool. I also like how in the deluxe edition you get that journal, and it actually makes you feel in a way that you are playing a role-playing game in a way with a good mix of a tabletop game. I think it achieves that very well. Um, there are some things that, you know, they're okay, I guess. Like the cardboard is very standard, the final production. Uh, the dice, they're, they're, they're okay. I mean, I have to say being very, very objective. Uh, I thought they were going to be a little bit better quality uh, comparing to the prototype version. They're not bad. It's just like, they're okay. They serve their purpose. Uh, there's a lot of tokens. In my opinion, to me, to me, um, that's um, probably not, not a negative, but a neutral side of the game uh, because the setup sometimes can be a little bit too much just because there's a lot of tokens that you need to organize. And especially when you open the game, it's just punching tokens like crazy. Um, so that's that. Another mixed review or, or standard review uh, uh, aspect of the game is the standees all right i understand the purpose that you know you want to have them facing certain way certain direction um but at the same time it has some pros and not so many pros for some people so if you're someone that loves minis this is not a game with minis it doesn't have minis there's no expansion so far with minis so just <laughs> forget about it um if you don't mind standees for the convenience that you don't have to paint anything, which that's amazing, then you will appreciate the, min the standees, right? So I don't have anything against, against standees, actually. It's just that I, I wanted to throw it out there. This is a game, you know, usually in dungeon crawlers, you want minis. And this is not a game with minis. This is a game with the standees, but they serve their purpose because it, it complies with some mechanics, some game mechanics, per se. Uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of love on this project, I can tell. Um, you know, definitely Dustin has uh, been trying to go above and beyond. I see him in social media often. He's always very responsive with fans on the Gosby Twix uh, Facebook group. Uh, you know, for people when they have questions, he answers. Uh, he's been very involved with backers, which is something very positive that we never mention um, so often. And I'm going to tell you why, because I'm going to I'm going to share a tragedy that just happened to me. But um. Uh, you know, I, I think some backers in Europe or in France, somewhere around there, they were not getting their games 
and Dustin is always like constant on it like hey guys you know the shipment is here in this area I'm trying to do my best please be patient he's always posting posting I'm sorry constant videos about it um, you know he's offering the game on their website the ones that he has I think here in North America so if you want to get a copy you should go to the to the Gosby Twixt uh, website because he has some games over there uh, also some gaming stores they have they have it already as well and if you're looking for a classic solid innovative dungeon crawler well this is it um, before I tell you my tragedy well I will tell you my tragedy first and then I will tell you why I mentioned this about Dustin so I'm gonna put a parenthesis here with with the game. Um, you know I'm a huge Kickstarter sucker, and uh, I was very happy because I backed uh, last year uh, the He-Man game from Cool Mini or not. So I did my pledge to get my Grayskull Castle and all those fantastic plastic minis, and I went ahead and paid two hundred and twenty dollars with the mindset of adding more stuff in the pledge manager. Um, Usually, on my experience with Simon Kickstarters, uh, you know, you have a decent amount of time to modify your pledge, to pay for your shipping, and to add some stuff. Um, and usually, you get constant email reminders, like almost like a day before, two before they close, like, hey, uh, make sure that you close it because tomorrow is the last day, whatever. So you can see where I'm going. What happened is that I totally forgot I got a very chaotic month of February, and I totally forgot that February the 18th was the last day to log your pledge uh now i checked my email last time simon emailed me about that game was like january 20 something which i thought it was like a little bit uh, you know weird i don't want to use any other word but weird because i feel like no no sometimes it's good to have a reminder i mean it's just an automatic an automated system that does it so anyway unfortunately i missed my pledge my 220 pledge then when i go to their website or to their you know, area where you can ask questions about what happened if I if I don't log my pledge. It literally says that you can that if you don't log your pledge, they will take it as a donation, which to me is crazy. But and then they say that you know it's up to their discretion. Discretion, I'm sorry, if they can refund you your game, your money. I'm sorry, and if they do a refund, depending on how long you waited. It will be uh, 70% subtracted, 20%, 30%, so on and so forth. So I contact them with the hope, this was like uh, five days ago, with the hope that they will allow me to close my pledge. And just at that point, I was like, well, I guess it sucks. I won't be able to add anything else. But at least, you know, pay for shipping and put my shipping address. Well, unfortunately, their customer service told me that they couldn't, you know, uh, do that for me, which I didn't understand too much, and I will tell you why. Um, and that also the only thing that they could do for me, almost like doing me a favor, was to give me a refund minus seven, 17% or to keep my money there for an electronic voucher for a future Kickstarter. At this point, I was a little bit frustrated. I know it was my fault, but, you know, I mean, I was hoping to get the game, um, and I just asked for a refund. Same thing happened with another game with from uh, Chief Theory Games, Oplomachus Victorum. I contacted uh, uh, Chief Theory Games. They replied right away, and they told me, you know what, no problem. Uh, lock your, your order, uh, give us your address, that's it. So definitely I could see the huge difference of customer service from Simon and, and Chief Theory Games. I just wanted to throw it out there. Now, going back 
with from my tragedy from my tragedy I'm sorry which it was my fault to Dustin when you see that the creator it's on it and he's helping the backers I mean that's a big plus as well because we we live in a Kickstarter game found world right so most of the games are from uh founding campaigns and pledges and stuff so it's always nice when you have that confidence of reaching out to the designer or the publisher for uh, any reason it could be a kickstarter uh, late pledge issue or for rules questions and that's always a plus so i just wanted to throw it out there i know this is nothing that needs to has that has to do with uh game rating as far as mechanics and stuff but i just wanted to throw it out there because with my recent experience it, it, i saw that i witnessed that it, it does means a lot so uh, anyway, going back to my rating, the Gods Betwixt, I will give the Gods Betwixt a solid 3.8. Um, you know, I think it's a great game. I think uh, 3.8 is a great rating. I think it's a, I will put it this way, a classic, innovative dungeon crawler. There's some stuff that, you know, I can see some people not being very appealed with, but there's some other stuff that I can see some other people being very appealed with so if you are a classic dungeon crawler if you have that uh, nostalgic side of uh, a role player game and you really like that atmosphere of the 90s and haunted houses and stuff this is definitely a game that you have to check it out if you are uh you know someone that doesn't care about that and you really care about minis and 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 you're not a huge fan of having like humongous amount of tokens on the on the table well this is probably not a game for you but i mean for solo works great if if you ask me do i rather play this game solo or cooperative i will go slightly with cooperative just because once again you can manage the characters in an easier way but at the same time it's not impossible to do it solo and it's not a headache to do it solo if that makes sense so i think it goes very well both ways i think the uh bosses or monsters ai's or stats works good i think the campaign is good i think the story is great i mean definitely it feels like almost like a like a stranger things tv show ish kind of so it's it's awesome um the art it's the art i i mean i don't love it i don't hate it it's just a unique singular art which i think i think it serves a purpose and i think it it fits with the with the game so definitely some a game that I recommend. Definitely a game that it will stay in my library. I haven't finished the whole story. Um, so so there you go. That's the Gosby tricks. There's a bunch of videos on YouTube that teach you how to play the game in an awesome way. So just look for them on the Gosby tricks chapter one. And I cannot wait uh, for the evolution of this of this um, game. Uh, you know, especially since it's only the chapter one, the evolution of how it's going to be in chapter two. I'm sure there's going to be some evolution as well uh, on the mechanics, on some mechanics, probably more characters. I don't want to spoil anything. I don't, I don't want to tell you, of course, how everything is going with my story or how it's going to end. But it's definitely a game that I recommend checking out. Um, and I can definitely see like a good, good bunch of stuff coming up for the universe of the Ghost Betwixt. Uh, once again, check them on their website, the Ghost Betwixt. I'm sure they have some games in stock. I have seen pictures around in social media uh, from games 
that are being in stock in some gaming stores. Talking about social media, remember that you can follow us in Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Podcast. Just look for us like that. We're always posting uh, pictures of what we are playing. Uh, once again, I'm sorry that the last episode was on January. I promise, I promise this will be more in a weekly by weekly basis. And I'm gonna, you're going to hear from me soon talking about more games because we have a lot of games that we need to bring to the episode. Um, right now, I have a setup on my table, Batman, The Shadow of the Bat. That was my uh, top on my top five from last year. I already saw, I won't spoil you, I already saw the new Batman movie, The Batman. Uh, I was on the nationwide on United States fan release uh, yesterday, March the 1st, and uh, it was awesome. Um, it's very intriguing, very immersive. The most authentic uh, Batman film, I will say. Uh, if you like the long Halloween, if you like uh, Batman Year One, Year Two graphic novels, um, if you like or enjoy as much as I did the Arkham uh, video games, this is a movie that it will blow your mind. And the soundtrack is just... Man, I have some songs already on my board game soundtrack on Spotify. So... Uh, so anyway, this was episode number 107, 107. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you had a blast like me. And like always, till next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop. Drink tequila, spin summer at a Mexican bar. Steven Austin, Davy Crockett, and I'm driving my car. to go